Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. It's Script Shop Show, everybody. It's a show Scrip about... Show. That's sing it. Script Shop Show. Do, do. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's Script Shop Show. That's our... We've never really told the story of the day that we what? did... We should totally do it the now, The intros then. and the outros. That was a fun day. We just sort of came in here and we had a general idea of... Yeah. Hi, everybody. By the way, I'm Jack. Oh, I'm Allison. And well, we've been doing... You've been listening to Script Shop Show for a while, so <laughs> you kind of get it. You know what's going on. But yeah, the little theme music and stuff, you have found some uh, like online well, public use stuff. Well, Is that okay. How it works? Here's my backstory on this. So we needed an intro and outro and we needed to write one and I was like I don't have any time I bet I can make Jack do this Uh and I said hey Jack you want to try your hand at writing these and you wrote great intros and outros I came up with a couple yeah you wrote some great stuff and then I was working on script shop at home and I dedicated literally five minutes to thinking about this Uh I was like okay if we were gonna have an intro and outro or an intro I didn't know what to do for the outro yeah how could we make this feel the most like the show Right. And then, of course, were scripts and whatever. So that's where that came from. Yeah, because the stuff I wrote, there was it was a little heavier. Well, it was just straight. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, very it straight. Was. And that's fine. But it was good. And then uh, I sent the script to you. Mm-hmm. You wrote a, oh, right. a whole list of words that sounded vaguely or not at all. There's like rhyming websites. And I just <laughs> typed in script shop and just jotted down as many as that would work. And I was just pleased as punch because then we sat here in the studio and recorded through it. And Jack would just toss out new words yeah. that I had never heard before and we <laughs> like and honestly i loved it so much jack it we've was got, so well, much fun you. for me we've got a bunch of outtakes that we need to start maybe thinking about Working mixing in, in somewhere and know? then for the outro we were just recording something straight and mm-hmm. i think it was you you were like why don't you sing you we said started doing we were when we were going through and trying to find songs when we were testing out what we thought would work, and then at one point you said, "Boy, it sounds like they're singing script shop show, right?" That dun, 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 whatever the little melody the that was, show. And you said that, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, we, uh, you should sing probably it. sing that." Then <laughs> it's a podcast yet, script shop show. Hi, everybody. We are here to talk with uh, screenwriters, screenwriters about their work, about their lives, and how their lives influence their work, which is yeah. often more than even they think sometimes. Right. We've, we've, we've dug into some pretty good little nuggets over oh, the time. Oh, I love it. People will tell us stories about their lives, and then later on they're telling us the script, and right. metaphorically it's like exactly what they told us in the beginning of the show, which is the point. That is the beautiful, beautiful point of this story, which is that writers write their their work comes from them, and that a lot of these stories could only come from the people that are writing them, mm-hmm. which is why it makes it so super special to get to know them and get to talk to them about their work. Yeah. So, listeners, if you are a writer or know a writer and would like to talk to us about your story, um, we'd be happy to poke and prod into your life. So please send us your scripts at scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you got to know this at this point, but we got to keep telling you about it because it's important. Important. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, Script Shop Show on all of those platforms. On Twitter, Allison is your bestie, Westie. Yep. And I'm Script Shop Jack. Yep. You can uh, follow us and talk to us. We 
put up random fun pictures and coded messages to mostly each other. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just because, like I say all the time, I'm bad at Twitter, and I always try to. And <laughs> just you're practice. Like, that's it. See, you're my sounding board. Yeah. You're letting me practice it with you and everything. Yeah. So if you want to practice Twitter with me, help me out, please, because I'm drowning here, and I need some more. I need some more help. <laughs> right. Well, it, trust me, no one's technically good at Twitter, <laughs> except for the Share Zone. That's the greatest Twitter account in the world. But oh. We can do that another time. Uh, what do we do? We need to. T- um, what else? What other yeah, business do we just, need to get let's into? Let's just touch base on what we're reading. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, we're reading scripts, Allison. Is what yeah. we're doing. We're reading a lot of scripts. <laughs> I'm in your personal time, Jack. Uh, free time. Yeah, I know, right? I love that we do this segment because right. it's like now I'm literally carving out time to read more. <laughs> yeah, to have something to, to talk read about. More. Right. And I, it's not as if we're not, well, we're, we're literally not flooded with scripts and we're trying to be, so send us more scripts. That's true. But um, it's it's just, you know, you, just, you think you have no more time and then you make some. Mm-hmm. So what are you reading? Well, uh, this is something I picked up. I Those who have listened to the show and those who know me, I've got a bit of a comic book fan nerd streak yeah i mean i've it's i've been i was just gonna start i've got a bit of a and i wanted to like keep shouting out words at you but i had coffee (laughs) in my mouth i timed it a redhead fetish a nerd streak (laughs) and i'm like gluck 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 yeah (laughs) uh so one of the i I haven't actually picked up a trade in a long time i haven't bought weekly comics in a while because everything sort of was written for the trade paperbacks now the collections uh, and one of the ones that I just picked up most recently that I haven't read yet was All-Star Batman, Ooh. which is sort of DC's attempt at like a continuity-free, anybody can just sort of walk up and pick up this story and be into it. It started out comedically, I don't want to say bad because Frank Miller is a comic book god, but it was it was weird at first, but the the... I picked up one. It was Scott Snyder wrote it. John Romita Jr. draws it. It's really good. It's this whole Two-Face story, and I think Two-Face is a very underrated Batman Ooh. villain. And uh, it's just this like gauntlet that Batman's getting his butt kicked constantly as he's trying really? to he's like trying to escort Two Face as a prisoner to get to this one spot, and all these other bad guys keep showing up wanting to beat him up. It's really fun. Is, is it because they're wanting Two Face, or they they have a myriad of motives? There's a whole like ransom thing, and Two Face is promising money if they can stop Batman from getting him where he's trying to get him to. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, what are you reading? Well, I wanted to ask real quick. Like, do you? <laughs> this is how I this is how I operate on Script Shop. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you're reading these because we're talking about so many comic strips with so many of our writers? I mean, sometimes I've been excited about how often it comes up. It which comes isn't up all the time, fairly consistently. Yeah, like in lots because Mia, of course, in Hotline mm-hmm. wrote comic books into her script, mm-hmm. but then. Um, let's. Ron Podell used to like Ron, make his own stuff when he was a yes, kid. Yes. Uh, and then um, Hold Up, Chris Pinner right. writes them. We've mentioned that guy a lot on this show, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Josh Hope reads a million comics. He puts them all over his Instagram. And oh, cool. So they just come up all the time. There's cool stuff out there. Um, and then I am rereading the book Blindness by Jose Saramago, which oh. is incredible. And honestly, this is so funny, but like you go through the whole story, and then it, th- when the book ends, I feel like that's where the book should begin. Oh. Which is part of it. But basically what happens is everybody in the world starts going blind. And it's the beginning of like this blindness. And it's a huge metaphor for like people, I don't know, whiting out or being washed over with like whatever's buying into whatever's going on. Oh, wow. And it becomes this like huge societal thing where people are like, sent to um, a camp and there's all these blind people trying to create a new order of society. Yeah. But there's also still people outside the camp who are not blind yet and they're like completely tyrannical to them. 
there's this one woman oh, in the geez. book who's not blind, and she goes with her husband into this camp mm-hmm. pretending to be blind, and so she's witnessing everything. Oh, my gosh. This it, sounds very much like a downer that I've made. Ew, one of the, man, I, it's I mean, good. There's, there's a lot going on there. It's riveting. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. riveting. I get that. Um, so that's great. And yeah. uh, I feel like blindness might have a little bit in common with today's script, oh. which is Dissipate by Caitlin Herbert, Harbert. Pardon me. Um, this is a three-page non-standard short script. And yeah. by non-standard, I mean it does not follow normal formatting or dialogue, which we're going to talk to Kate, Caitlin about because we've never talked to her about this, and we're interested in knowing why she wrote it this way. Yeah, we should uh, we should bring her in. Yeah, let's do it. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Caitlin, we talked a little bit before the show about this. But if you wouldn't mind telling us where you are, what you're doing, what your life's like. Mm-hmm. Did you get your laundry done today? What those you kinds have for dinner? Of things. I actually did get my laundry done, surprisingly. Oh, yes, clean undies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I currently live in the Dallas, Texas area. Mm-hmm. Um, Woohoo, Texas. And right, yeah, Texas represent. Um, and we, um, I currently work at a bank, of all things. Um, and I'm just biding my time until August where I'm going to move and start hopefully a new chapter of my life. Uh, yeah. So like, tell us about this new chapter of your yeah, life. What does that what mean? Is, you're in a bank. That's cool. I worked in a bank when I was young as well. And I was amazed that they would like, like I actually got to touch that much money. Right. No, like amazed because there's thousands of dollars and you're just like, <laughs> it's a bank. I'm, I mean, I was like, uh, I worked at a bank in the summertime so I was probably like 17 or 18, and I was just like, I've never seen this much money in yeah. my life. So what? Yeah, what, what? It, it, first, when you first work there, it is amazing. And then afterwards, after a year and a half, it's, you get annoyed by the counter when the <laughs> money runs through it. So mm. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the big change that you're planning on making? Um, I'm actually moving up to Vancouver in Ooh. Canada um, to attend a school for screenwriting. Ooh. Oh, nice. So, um, have you been to college yet? I did for a year in 2014. I went to um, a school in Evansville, Indiana for theater sound design. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. And what happened with that? You didn't like it? I really loved it. I don't regret it. I was able to work on a Shakespeare production. Um, once you're in a production for theater, you're, you're in it for two to three months average maybe more maybe less um but i'm a person i have to function by doing multiple projects at once Mm -hmm. um so with in the film industry i'm able so far my experience i've been able to do multiple projects at once so so you handle that kind of chaos well then i i have to (laughs) (laughs) one thing (laughs) what is it about sound design specifically that you uh that you like doing theater wise i love because yes Acting on stage is part of the actors, but another part that brings the whole world to the audience is the sound itself. It's creating the sound designs from taking, maybe you find the noise of of a car on one website and you find one and meld it with another and then you create this whole thing. And it's a magic in itself. Hmm. Um, Do you ever listen to the podcast Song Exploder? I do not. So I love this podcast so much because they're taking music and exploding it with the artist who wrote it. And one of the things that comes up more 
um, often than I thought was about found sound. Oh, okay. Where there's a lot of musicians who are just like walking through the world, hearing things, recording them, and saving these just random recordings that they have, and then they're working them into music later on. So you hear like... Um, I really like the song by Bonobo, Break Apart, and there's this whole in it, and he's recorded the subway going oh, okay. by. And when you hear it, you're just like, oh, that? What? <laughs> it's so cool. So everybody check that song out because it is hella good. So you're on the precipice of, a, of making a big change. It, it, I, I would imagine it's got to be a combination of feelings that you're in right now, right? Nervous, excited, everything? Oh yes, I'm. I'm definitely terrified. Um, I know no one up there, um, but it it is. It feels right. It's something I need to do to start down another path to continue. Well, how did you? I mean, how did you trip into this? Yeah. What's What's been like? Yeah. Moving you forward. It's It's been. It's It's living job to job, and then finding time to do what I really love to do, which has been writing and. I've been going and doing, being an extra in like sh- like short films around the state or whatever, and just getting involved in stuff that I love to do. And I was finally able to get into the school and actually go down the path that I need to. You know, like it, it's it's a, like you said, it's a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. So when you dropped out of school from Indiana, I'm a, I'm assuming you dropped out. I don't know how you could have just been like. Well, I guess if you just don't go back, you're dropping out, right? <laughs> it, it was it was kind of official, um, but I had to pack up all my stuff in my car and left. And I left at like four in the morning Aww. one day because I couldn't stay in my dorm another day, Aww. and got back to Texas about six in the evening. Are you were your parents panicking? No, they <laughs> they um. They, they knew what was going on, but I mean, they have, I have a, a sibling who's seven years younger than I am. So they're focused, they focus on him because he's in the younger grades and everything. So they can't take time out to go up to another state or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you come back to Texas and then, um, did you move back in with your parents or did you try to find an apartment? Um, I actually lived in Austin for a little while. Cool. Um, nice. thinking I would. Um, go to do community college and then go to uh, University of Texas in Austin film school. Mm-hmm. So I was there for almost a year mm-hmm. in an apartment. And were you, you didn't go to school during that time though. You just started like, where did you find jobs to be a part of? Um, I, for, before I started working for the bank for almost two years, I was an employee at AMC theaters. Cool. Um, oh, that works. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to see all the movies for free, and then I would work Woo-hoo. at um, a, like Ross and stuff like that. I'd have two jobs sometimes. Any mentors, people who inspire you as far as, you know, to get you on this sort of writing path to the point where now you're looking to really get into it as a career? Uh, yeah, actually, um, all four years of high school, I was in um, their theater department, and the directors were very influential on letting us explore what we wanted to um, in an artistic form, uh, but it wasn't until senior year that I went into the film class that they provided. And um, he, his name was um, Dan Regalado, and he was the best teacher I've ever had. Um, he made sure he listened to his students, and 
he actually encouraged us to try different things and he would give us really good critiques on our projects. Um, but he, a few months after I graduated, he passed away. Mm. So it's just remembering him and trying to like remember how that he taught the classes and how he would encourage us to continue and, and what areas to explore to help make our work better. What do you think you learned from him the most? Like what of which of his lessons has really stuck with you? I think the biggest thing was because we had limited um, access to like camera equipment and everything. And so he encouraged us to find different ways and be creative on how to get to where we see our our the vision of our project to go. He helped he helped us find uh, able to look at everything with a new light, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's amazing to have people just continue to help, like, break the box open yeah. in terms of what it is that you can do. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about your, your like, entry to screenwriting then. When did you actually start screenwriting? I, I honestly didn't start screenwriting until my senior year. Um, I had started writing stage plays um, about freshman year of high school. And then before that, it was like every child just writes stories that they think up or they have to write um, essays or whatever for classes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where is that taking you now? Like, what do you find yourself doing as a writer in your day-to-day life now? Um, I pretty, I attempt as much as possible now to carve out at least a couple, two to three hours a day to sit down and focus on continuing whatever work I started writing-wise on my computer um, and I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I had to do multiple projects at once. So it's always a safe bet that there's probably like at least three different things being written <laughs> yeah. that I alternate between. Um, do you find like but, your, I mean, your stories meld together or are you able to keep them pretty, pretty definite from one another? There's been a couple that kind of melded together that you, if you read them right after the other, you'd be like, Oh, I, I can see what was going on here. Um, but Pretty much, I'm able to separate it because I have I have to have my maybe I'm in the mood for this kind of thing, so I write this genre that kind of that you know what I mean that kind of um, system going on. Do you feel like you've sort of found? Is there a certain thing you enjoy reading more? Because this this dissipate script that we're going to get into is a little bit of a slow creeping horror to it. Is is that a, a, a genre that you tend toward? Um, it's act, it's actually really funny because I am. I, I am terrified of horror films. Mm-hmm. Like, I still Me watch too. them, but I am one of those people that will hide behind their hands <laughs> and then peek out occasionally. Yeah. Me too. If I ever so, go into yeah. like haunted houses with people, I make them go first and I bury my face into their shoulders <laughs> and just hold on to their clothes because I can't even participate in them hardly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My friends know if we go to a haunted house, they're, they're the bait. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're so evil. So yeah, so where did this I where this come from then? It was, it was just a thing for me was I wanted to work on a, a silent film. Like I didn't want to have to write dialogue. It was I was Ooh, cool. I can't remember, I, I was having some kind of weird week and it was just communication with people was off, so I I just didn't want to have to write any kind of dialogue. Um and so I got this concept as a general idea for the script um and then it just kind of 
as I was writing it, it evolved. And then I turned around when I was done and it was some kind of, like you said, a slow, slow moving horror. And I was a little surprised, but, and then I went back and edited it and it turned out I liked it. And I want to eventually try that again. Um, but so far it's, I've been more, um, like action. So we mentioned earlier that this is a non-standard script. Right. Um, you, you don't format it typically in like typical screenwriting ways. Your action headings aren't written the same way you would see in a normal script. There is no written dialogue, which you talk about it being a silent film. So because you were trying to write a silent film, did the story just come out of you in this way? Or what led to you writing it specifically like yeah. this? That was uh, that was part of it. Um, I am, I'm definitely still in the mindset of subconsciously I write in a kind of format as a stage play mm-hmm. would. Um, so I've been having to go back and train and start training myself to format a different way. But this is one of them when I'm not, when I just let it flow and let the words come out when I'm typing, it automatically just formats into the kind of the stage play action that it would. Yeah. So I have to consciously go back and change it in format. But this one, I just, I don't know. It was, I just didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to change it. It was one of those feelings. You know, because there is no dialogue and it's, it, I mean, you're sort of writing prose to a certain extent. It's, it's, it's very visual, the way that you've written this and describing certain shots. Is a lot of your writing or do you feel like a, a visual component, t- keeping that in mind, is important with the stuff you've written? I do. I definitely do. Um, I, I am very much, when I write, I see it all happen in my head right before I type it up. And so sometimes I, I do go too much into it when I type it. So I'll have to go back and edit it a little bit so it's not as long um, description-wise. But um, I'm, I am a very visual person. Um, should we go ahead and yeah. read? Okay, cool. Um, listeners, I'm going to go ahead and read Caitlin's script, Dissipate. This is a three-page short. So for today's special selection, <laughs> we will be reading the whole thing. So, um, Caitlin, if you just want to bear with me while I get into this, and we'll keep talking about it right after that, okay? Listeners, I'm going to be yeah, finishing of off an iced coffee while <laughs> Allison is reading this, just so y'all are in the mindset of what I'll be up to in the meantime. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, it's almost done. I wish, Jack, that you would, like, metaphorically dance it out in the studio <laughs> well, or something. That may happen. <laughs> okay. <sighs> red leather, yellow leather, red mm-hmm. leather, yellow leather. Okay, Dissipate by Caitlin Harbert. Harb, oh, sorry. Will you say your last name for me so I stop messing it up, Caitlin? <laughs> it's Harbert. Harbert. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly like it's written. Our bear. <laughs> <laughs> Dissipate by Caitlin Harbert. Opens on close-up of the night sky. Stars clear. Zoom out slowly, panning down to see a young woman sitting on the ground, hands busy with blades of grass, looking up at the stars. Young woman stands and walks off screen, cuts to her opening a bedroom door, hardly anything filling the room. She undresses, throwing her clothes onto the floor before lying down on the bed. Camera pans up and around, close up on woman's face. We can see her mouthing the words, I wish, before closing her eyes. Blackout as her eyes close. Shot of the ceiling, then movement as if the camera was the woman sitting up in bed, ready for the start of another day. A pause then slow pan across to notice that the bedroom is completely different than the one before. Clothing is placed neatly on a chair, 
Young woman, as the camera stands, begins to put on the shirt. As soon as shirt obstructs the camera view, cut to a side angle as young woman walks out of the new bedroom into the rest of the house. Camera follows young woman as she slowly explores each new room, treading cautiously throughout. Each room contains everything that she could possibly need. Shots of a fully stocked restroom, a glance of a living room with a decently sized television and comfortable furniture, and then finally the kitchen. As young woman has gone from room to room, we follow her as the camera. Over shoulder shot as she opens cabinets, drawers, and refrigerator. As the refrigerator is closed, focus is drawn to a note taped to the door. Just one word is scrawled on it. Enjoy. Showing obvious confusion, she takes the note off of the refrigerator, turning it over in her hands. No other markings are visible. The paper is crumpled and thrown away. Camera follows young woman as she ventures back to the living room. Jump cut to side view, we observe as she grabs the remote on the coffee table, turning on the television and exploring the channels. Soon enough, the front door grabs her attention, but she is soon distracted by the television once more. Moments of interruption as she goes into the kitchen to relieve her hunger, to the bathroom, etc., like one would normally do during a day staying at home. Time passes, with occasional glances toward the door, until she finally stands and approaches it. Close up as she leans in, attempting to see out through the peephole, cut to black, as if from her view, it is obvious that either it is broken or there is just nothing outside. Camera pulls back, as she would from the peephole, and something catches our eyes below. On the door is another note, on the same paper as before, the same writing, saying, You can't leave. Confused and frantic, she grabs the door handle, twisting it with an expectance for it to open. It does not. She attempts to yank the door open. Still nothing. She rushes over to the window. Here is a good opportunity for a shaky POV, point of view shot, and attempts to open the blinds. Once accomplished, she can see nothing. She hits the window, desperate for a way out. A note appears again, this time on the wall to the left of the window. This is pointless. She rushes into each room one by one, the kitchen, the dining room, the bathroom, trying to see through each window, each time greeted with a view of pitch black. Each time a note appears, each one repeating, you can't leave, give in. Throughout all of this, she shows signs of growing weaker. By the time she reaches the bedroom door, she can barely stand. Camera pans over to view the door, a final note visible, give in. She manages to open the bedroom door after a few failed attempts, not even able to stand any longer, and practically drags herself into the room. Jump cut as the camera changes to her point of view. We only see the carpet as she is looking down, but once we look up as her, it is clear that we are back to the original bedroom. A glance over to the bed shows the faint outline of someone occupying the bed, but it is too awkward an angle to make out whom it is. The focus is starting to blur. The camera whips around and looks back at where the door used to be. Now it's just a blank wall. The camera whips around again, the blur worsening. We struggle to move forward as she drags herself to the bed, grabbing the side and pulling herself up. Lying out on the bed is herself, the way she was when she went to bed the night before, eyes closed and chest not moving. The focus worsens even more as the camera shakes no in denial, looking up at the wall and seeing one last note, goodbye, before the focus completely goes out. We begin falling to the side as the camera goes black. And scene.
Jack. <laughs> ah, <that's crazy. laughs> uh -huh. So, uh, you know, Caitlin, before we get in, what role do you feel like sound plays in this script? Yes. This is one where the sound would definitely have to take into account. I mean, it has to portray all the emotions because there is no dialogue. There's no of the character saying any of her feelings or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I, I, in, in my head, I see it as it is orchestral. Okay. Um, and of course, it's it's like any climax. The music will get more tense and dramatic, and ebb as, ebb out as it as she eases out that kind of thing. So this did the idea for this script. Did you have the idea, and then when I, we talked about this a little bit already, how you were doing a, a silent script, and it sort of was writing itself. But is this like a nugget of an idea that you've had that you wanted to get down? Where, where did like, this, where this come from? Yeah, it started. It all started um, because I had to do a little side project and we borrowed a friend's camera drone. Um, and I had, I just had this idea that I wanted to incorporate needing a camera drone to do a project. And so that's how it, in the very first scene of, of the short script, it would be out, would, would be from a camera drone showing. Crap. And then it just kind of went from there. Okay. Once I did those first few sentences and it just, it just flowed out. Do you have any, um, this is really jumping right into content, but do you have a relationship to death or suicide currently? Um, yes, I've had family members pass. Um, I just recently did, actually. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's always there, and then I've had friends of friends that have passed away and everything. What was your life like when you were writing this piece specifically? Yeah. It was when I was writing this piece. There wasn't there wasn't any um, death in the family, but um, I was going through some hard times, questioning myself on the career path I wanted to go on and if I was good enough to make it. I mean, the normal things you have when you start out, especially on a career path like this, or any time really. Like I hate to yeah. say it, but those like little voices sometimes they don't they don't go away. You just get used. You talking back to them? Oh yeah. yeah, they they never go away. I mean, even now I still have them a little bit. But when I wrote this, that that was the biggest thing. So you were a little bit at a, a little bit of a crossroads, thinking about your where you wanted your life to go. Because you know, when we first both read this, I think initially the takeaway is that it's something involving death. But I was thinking about it, and I sort of had an idea about a, a little bit of an alternate take. So much that it's. Is this girl just dreaming, and then when she realizes that she is, that's when she starts to fade away and potentially wake up? Is this more of a script about the dangers of dreaming? Well, and that's that's what I loved of how it ended is that it's open ended. Mm -hmm. It's you like you interpret it one way, someone else interprets it another, and I, it's it's kind of in my own way a, like a psychology experience. Yeah. Experiment. Um, just to see, because I've had friends who have read it and they just get so mad that it ended like that because they didn't know exactly what happened where, yeah. um, other friends had their own interpretation of what it actually meant. So it was kind of cool how that ended up working out. Yeah. And I think it's really special too, 
Um, you know, we talked in the very beginning of the script. It says that the girl is looking up at the stars and she walks into the room and the room's empty. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think about like you saying that you had to pack up your college dorm and leave at oh. 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, like there's that night sky that's present. There's that whole like w- looking at something. And that's how the script begins is mm-hmm. with this empty room. And, and a wish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That whole like what happens if you dream kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. So who's writing the notes? Do you, have, have yeah. you thought, are there things that you left unanswered on purpose that you yourself know the answer to? Is there somebody specifically writing these notes that she's finding? That, see, for, I don't, I don't want to like go into it because I like having people be able to have their okay. own like interpretation and thoughts about it. But for me, it was, it, it was the demon inside of her head. Yeah. Okay. It's her. That left the notes. Well, the notes are both, like, like they could seem kind of sinister, but then if you think about, like, her laying down on the bed as her choice, then they're also not sinister. They're helpful. Like, right. this is, this like, like, I could see the tone of those notes being me saying, be like, this is pointless. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's the whole goodbye thing, and that seems so sinister, but if it's not, actually... Then it could be comforting that it's like goodbye okay, from yeah. the dream, goodbye from this. Welcome to your yeah. next life. It can be it can be the devil on your shoulder. It could be an angel on your shoulder. It's it's. I mean, it can e- easily swing either way. Do you feel like you deal with this perspective a lot in your life, like looking at things from two different points of view? I really do. I do. I'm. I am definitely a person just in general, where I factor in logic as the majority of how I view things. Um, and then I also have a part of me, though, that will clash with it and will want to try to make me follow emotion. So it's, it is it is definitely that kind of imbalance. Which one do you see as being your angel and which one is your devil? I personally see the emotion as the devil on the shoulder mm-hmm. in my personality and then logic as the angel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making me think of this. Is a, another relatively young person did a, his uh, his name is Bo Burnham. He's a stand up comedian, and he put out one of the best stand ups that I've ever seen, ever. It's called What. He's like 22 when he did this, and it's really stand up only in that he does tell a few jokes, but it's also very, very performance art. And there's a lot of music that figures into it. And one of the songs that he does is this whole bit about his left brain versus his right brain, and the way that they're at war with each other. And but also then the way that they need each other to make Bo a full person. This, it, like, this isn't just like a jokey thing he's doing. Like he's really getting into a lot of his own psychology and fears, and it's really brilliant. And when you said that just now, I, that was the first thing I thought of. That's fantastic. I love him. Strong he's, recommendation. He's definitely a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed as well. Like we talk about this being a silent film, so of course we don't have a lot of dialogue. But the woman in the story, she doesn't have. A name, you know, oh. she is a metaphor herself. Mm-hmm. Um, does she represent any idea specifically for you? It's definitely. I mean, the biggest thing is because I I grew up with my family wanting me to have have a stable career choice: mm-hmm. be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a vet, and that's that was the plan. And then I get to high school and I do theater, and then it just everything gets sweeped out from under me. Everything changes. And then 
I go on to do it in college, but then I realized that I actually want to go to film. And so it's an, it was another event that was swept out from under my feet. And so I had to start over again and, and settle my feet on the ground. And so it's, it's, it's been a struggle <laughs> just to, I'm having to rebuild all of my ideas of how my life should go. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, because you, in a little bit of the bio that you sent over to us, you were also heavily involved in sports and went from sports then to sort of theater, and now you're looking to get into film and slash, you know, television production or whatever else. Like, a lot of those things aren't the safest choices, at least in terms of steady work. Very true, yes. (laughs) Um, But I am, I, I moved a lot growing up, and so I've never had one place that I've called a home. So I'm used to constantly moving. I'm used to constantly having to make different choices. And so this, this kind of the arts and, and um, the, the, I don't want to say, I'm not going to, it's not because it's not unstable, but the, the less encouraged career options, if that makes sense growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's uncertain. It's all, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, uh, let's see. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 29 currently, and um, I've had a, l- a little bit more time to work through like my career and and kind of shape it into what I think mine should be. And I remember so much getting out of college, and I I graduated with a BFA in acting, and my parents being like, "Well, what's your job?" Yeah. Or you know, there was a lot of pressure on me to have a normal nine to five job that I had been told my whole life was exactly what I needed for stability. And it was really, really daunting because I was caught in this position of trying to be like, well, gigs are my job. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, I can bartend, but having my, yeah. my family want me to find safety and to find security and trying to reinforce me into getting a normal nine to five job, which doesn't work for our career. And over time, I've really had to come to terms with either making those kinds of choices work for me and in my favor or standing up for myself and saying, you know, like this actually is my career path. It isn't typical, but it's important. Do you feel like that sometimes? I do. I definitely do. But I've, I've gotten to a point in my life where I would much rather have uncertainty in it job security, but be doing something that I absolutely want to wake up every morning and go do than have a nine to five job where I have to go sit in an office and I regret going every day. Every single day. I don't want to get out of bed. I shouldn't say that too vehemently because I'm (laughs) grateful for the opportunities I have, but you do, if those passion projects are living in you, you have to allow them to come forward and find ways to put them into your life. It sounds though like with going to school, that's kind of, um, or going back to school specifically for this. That's kind of a best of both worlds where you're like, okay, listen, folks, I'm going to try to figure this part out. Here's a program that suits me that will give me more information about what's next for me. And that you can kind of like you've gotten to a place where you can focus and go forward very strongly with how to learn with the craft. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful that these opportunities have, that I've stumbled across these opportunities. I think it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. One of the things that I like about when we decided we were going to have you on was that we're talking to somebody who's at a very early stage in their career and and getting that sort of mindset and figuring things out. I think it's it's just a an incredibly fascinating and emotional time in a person's life. 
so it definitely thank, is. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so in the script, we have the young woman in the beginning. She lays down on her bed. She's closing her eyes, and she mouths the words, I wish. Mm-hmm. What do you think she's wishing for? Mm-hmm. Something more. Because that, that, and honestly, that is the human condition. We're always wanting something more, mm-hmm. whether it's just a little, a little something, like maybe your favorite dish at dinner or being in a low-income neighborhood and wishing for the life that you see on TV. Do you have an I wish for this script specifically? I do. I, I want to actually um, produce it. I want to make it. Um, I've attempted to do it on my own. It's just things just didn't fall into place when I've tried it, not finding the right house, not having the right equipment, um, that kind of thing. But it's it's definitely at the top of my to-do list. Are there very specific things that you want to put into the script uh, for production? I'm sorry? Um, let's see. I'm just thinking about, like, in terms of your vision, Are there any? is there anything really, really super specific that you absolutely need for this script? Like, if it's a silent film, would you, would you do any kind of throwback to old silent films and do a black and white? Um, we talked about the fact that you're going to need a drone that's super specific, and yeah. I'm just wondering what else might be part of this. Well, the, with the drone, it's more of I don't have a lot of money for to be able to go and get the best equipment. So it's me looking and, and talking to friends I've had in high school and, and coworkers and seeing, hey, you have this equipment. Okay, can I borrow it from this time to this time? I can give you 20 bucks. I can buy you a lunch. Um, and so it's just putting everything together that I can Mm -hmm. and then finding once I get everything that I can use then going from there seeing okay how can I take what I wrote in the script and utilize what I'm able to use now to make it and then to get kind of the same thing that I wanted for the final production how would you take this script and break it up into a shooting schedule it would definitely the majority of it would be in the house that would Mm -hmm. take quite a few I, I would think it would take quite a few days um, just to be able to get the, because you have to do with the the side shots and everything, um, I would have to use just my, the cannon I have and then um, pro, uh, utilize a GoPro. That's the easiest thing for me to get access to for all the first person shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would probably do the very beginning of it last, actually. Mm. The outside shot? Yes. That sounds interesting. And what about like, because, of course, normal scripts, you can kind of break down the scenes a little bit differently. I'm just interested in, like, how, how many, sh- what would you do to know how many shots you need to make based on what you have here? Would you just, I like, s- sit down and split it I, into lines? When I do the breakdown to try to get the sh- to look up and see how many shots it's going to take to do all of it, I do hor- horrible drawings, first of all, for a board. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I also do a grid and I just put, okay, here's this sentence. What does it need to, how does it need to look? And it just becomes like Excel is my friend. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's a long thing that details it bit by bit. And then I'll do the actually draw, trying to draw it out to get the general idea to show people um, and then go from there. Yeah. There's so many times I hear of like people trying to do 
um, like storyboard their scripts out, and they're uh-huh. like, "I'm a terrible artist, and I had to draw this. It looks so bad." <laughs> but we all do it, where you draw little boxes and then sketch in your people and what your angles and stuff are. Right. Um, Jason Cartalian, mm-hmm. who brought on the script Seahorses, mm-hmm. he talks about in order to do storyboards, he sets up a rehearsal and just walks around and takes the shots that he wants to be. Oh wow, with that's his actors, interesting. Which I think is the best way. I've ever heard of somebody. Is that a common doing thing? That. I think that's a cool idea. I, I don't. I don't think it's common. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the first times I heard it, and I was like, Ah, that's. I'm doing that next time. Huh. Because it it helps with the like, I can't draw thing. Right. But if you have your actors there, then you just set them up, and then you guys work through it bit by bit. That's interesting. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about the script too. The title, of course, is dissipate. How did you land on that title? Um. I that is the last that is always the last thing I do whenever I'm writing a script is the title because I never know exactly where it's going to go when I start it and I can never I can never just be satisfied with the one word or the one the couple words for the title so I always finish the script and then I go I read it a few times get the general feeling for it and then I always think of, okay, what's the most simple word that of the feeling, basically, or the idea I get of my script? And then I go from there, and I, I, I get out of thesaurus and look up words that are connected to that and just go through them, and I'll, I'll read one and then read the script again and be like, no, that doesn't fit, and do it until I'm like, it clicks, basically. And, of course, dissipate means to disappear. So, again, we're talking about somebody kind of fading away a little mm-hmm. bit. Did this word just click for you? It did. It did. Um, if, if I remember correctly, I think the word I started out with was, I honestly, I think the the word I started out with was leave. Ooh. Okay. And then I went from there and... and to, went to the thesaurus and looked at words that could, and then it just kind of becomes a train one thing after another until it finally, I find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I just thought it was such a good word because it's kind of like that fizzly yeah. thing where we don't know if you're coming into focus out of it, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, and in the way that just she reacts to realizing that she's trapped in this house and then finds herself Ugh. asleep upstairs and she is just fading away into nothingness. Yeah, because the character gets weaker and weaker mm-hmm. as she's like realizing this or stumbling into it one yeah. way or another. We enjoyed it very much, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, if there's anybody in the DFW area that's interested in working with you on this, what Jack's, what, what Let's Jack? Pop the brakes there for a second. Yeah. You're, t- you're, you're yeah. talking in code to people. <laughs> Texting that, code? Yeah. Is that the Dallas-Fort Fort Worth, Worth area? Yes, okay. you're welcome. I'm just, you're doing airport code now. <laughs> it's a Metroplex, okay? Okay. It's All a right. thing. I just want to make sure people know what you're talking about. I just want to take this opportunity to tell everybody that I have a tattoo on my arm that is my my childhood home with a Texas flag in it. Have you seen it, Jack? Yeah, you showed me. You were very proud of it when you got it. I still am. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You don't regret it now? You're still very into (laughs) it? That's good. It's still good. That's good. My... My Texan runs deep. So, yeah, as far as contact, I mean, obviously the Internet's probably going to be the best thing for you, Caitlin, since you're going to be heading up north soon. Definitely, yeah. Email is my friend. Okay. (laughs) What's your email address for everybody to know? Um, It's... It's... Katie, K-A-T-I-E, Herbert, H-A-R, B as in boy, E-R-T, at Ymail.com. Ymail. Ymail. That's the second Ymail account yeah. I've ever met in my life. 
I don't know what Ymail yeah, is. Very, that's, I mean, it's, I, it's when I originally made that email through Yahoo, and that was a suggestion. And then ever since I chose it, people are like, is this a real email? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, are you it taking works. me directly to spam? <laughs> are we going to a porn site right now? Look, lady, I get it. You don't want to give me your email address. That's fine. I get it. Cool. Cool. Oh, great. And listeners also know that you can access Caitlin's script on our website, www.scriptshopshow.com slash scripts. Mm-hmm. So if you do want to review that work and... Kind of see what she's got going on, which is this this dreamy dreamscape with a lot of interpretation. Take a look at it. Get in touch with her using um, Katie Harbor at ymail.com. And, uh, you know, chit-chat with her. Help her make the project a reality. Caitlin, yeah, it's, been, it's been awesome talking with you on this show yeah, today. Thanks. thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Um, and we'll talk to you later, okay? Yeah, keep us in the loop. Good okay. luck with everything that's coming. There's a there's a lot coming. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, nice girl. Yeah, school. Man, school is a thing, you know, especially... School is a thing, School is yes. a thing. It's a thing for everybody. <laughs> of course. It was my proudest accomplishment mm-hmm. for a long time in my life until I made um, my first film. Okay. And then I matured to a new level of accomplishment with everything that I've been able to do with that one. But I just remember how hard it is getting through school when mm-hmm. you're away from people. My program was a specialty program. Yeah. And uh, the, ugh, they're so challenging. Sure. Well, the, they're supposed to be. I mean, they're this is incredible. Where you're, you're finding your metal. You're, you're, yep. you're sharpening your sword. No, truly. Like, I really grab onto all the, the tools in my toolbox, like, mm-hmm. every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. It's really defined who I am and what, what I do and what we do here on Script Shop. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, folks, uh, listen, if you like uh, what you hear, we would love to hear from you. If you wanted to hop onto Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you yes, could please. communicate with us. You can uh, send emails to our writers. We try to keep as much contact info, info about and them. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about them, tweeting about them. Facebook we want them to be them. available so that you can talk to them about their work if you're looking for some great work. Yeah. And uh, on Twitter, Allison is your bestie, Westie. Yep. I am uh, at work, Script work. Shop Jack. What was that? I, I always Did just a dog think of, come into the booth just now? <laughs> I just always think of those cute little dogs. Yeah, yeah, the little Westies. Yeah. That's cute. But okay. uh, people call me Westie all the time. Do they? I've never called you Westie before. I mean, We've talked a little bit on the show before about how many nicknames I give you and the fact that you don't give <laughs> me know. any. I know. You know, my family gives me 8,000 nicknames, which yeah. I love, but Westie is a good one. Okay. Um, it just always makes me think of those dogs. I hear you. If you've written something and you would like us to read it, whether it's a traditional, a short, a feature, a non-traditional piece right. like this, yeah. uh, Ron Podell's poem we had yeah. weeks ago, that was killer. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a piece of writing that you would like to get in front of us because it's something that you want to put up on a screen, we would love to read it and talk to you. And the best way to do that is on scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Right. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support us mm-hmm. and you want us, you want to help us support writers... Please get on to iTunes and leave a review because that helps us um, increase our visibility and increase our reach for writers. Yes. So please, if you can, write us a review. If there are things you don't like about the show, just reach right out to us on any of those mediums we've provided. Probably soften it up a little bit. Be nice. I'm, I'm, I'm delicate. <sighs> I'll filter it for him. Okay. I'll um, take like a black marker to it. Yeah. And be, yeah, redact all the bad stuff. stuff. Just be like, hey, I think Jack sounds cool. And be like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah, please do that. And draw like a little heart with flowers and stuff next to it. Yeah. Cool. That'd be great. All right. That's what we'll do for Jack. Um, but send us all of your feedback because we love this show. And we always want to improve it for you. Yeah. So until next week, friends, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. 
Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.